When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm sorry, go on. I have a question, but I'll wait. God, she's already ruined it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm already messing it up. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo. Ah! Oh, wow. Is that not good? It's like you've never listened to the podcast or something before. Um, if this is going to be oh, released shit. on Halloween, I haven't listened to the podcast yet. Then actually, oh, that wasn't no. bad. Oh yeah, then I'm I guess sorry. you did as well as can be expected. Our hey, Halloween that's Cat. That's Cat Reinhardt. Hi, a comedian, documentary friend, filmmaker, correct. director, Reinhardt. producer, writer. What don't you do? Friend, listen to podcasts. <laughs> listen to this specific podcast. Well, no, I'm not a big. Um, I'm not a. I, I Uber to work. Oh God, mm-hmm. I already sound like I sound like the one percent, don't I? I, I it's a six dollar Uber. But uh, um, my driver picks me up. <laughs> it's a different driver every day. But so, so so I Uber to my I'm I my my like freelance job as an editor. I, I Uber there, so I don't drive much. I don't have I don't have a car. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like when most people listen to uh, podcasts. So I, I would agree. I miss the that listen, makes sense. I don't yeah. listen to podcasts like I I should uh, because I don't have that um, commute opportunity so we had friend of the podcast ed galvez on for when we were talking about people dying in what was it puerto rico uh the dominican the republic Dominican republic uh-huh. wow carrie <laughs> and uh we did talk a little bit about your wedding your wedding was a lot of fun oh my god what episode i have to go listen to this the one about the one about okay. the Dominican Republic. Dominican Republic. Well, like a number. Wow. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. You're right. Okay, it's okay. I'll text it. Yeah, to text you. me to Dominican okay. Republic. All right, cool, awesome. Wow, my wedding. So my wedding is famous. It is. You're you're famous Dan? on the Unpops Network. Good friend of the show. You've been on the Unpopular Opinion podcast. I have. I used told to- a very fun story about going through an exorcism once. Yes, I loved coming and doing Unpops, and I'd usually come with Maria, Maria yes. Shahata, the wonderful comedian. We love Maria. Love Maria. She can't come on the podcast anymore because she lives in the UK now. She's been deported to England. Yeah, correct? she's not allowed back in the uh, states. First, she left me. First time I did comedy on the road was with Cat. And Maria and Jeff May, we did a show in Albuquerque. Yes, that was a, a super. Uh, what I remember is um, Jeff bringing like really good donuts. Yeah, and texting and driving the entire time. <laughs> like Maria would it post was, something to Facebook from yeah. the back seat, and like three seconds oh, later, Jeff, oh Jeff May liked this. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Oh my god, I forgot about that. He, yeah. yeah. Talk about yeah. Uber drivers. Yeah. And then he had the skill set. Oh, yeah. And that then I, really th- fun, I think the last time I saw you was a barbecue at your brother's house. Did you come on to one of those? Fourth of July. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, that he, would have been like 2015, probably. Um, Was it at his house or was or it, it was in it, like a field? In the middle of a field. There was a school bus, an abandoned yeah. school bus. It was. Yeah. Oh, I think that was, I think that was, yeah. was that in Boyle Heights? Yeah, something yes. like that. Yeah. He, you know, um, there was like an article written about that night because uh, the neighbors complained and then he had to like, he had a shipping container and then the city like got mad at him for the shipping container and made him move it. And oh, yeah. There was all this drama. So the next year he had a party, but it was like not there. It was at a different location. Um, and the, but, the, the time I saw you before that was, uh, as it turns out, Featured in this documentary. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. It, documentary yeah. What's Eating Ralphie May, which I watched this morning. I am so proud of you. It's so good. I know it is. You did really such good. a great job. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was um, a lot of work. Is it okay that we're. Um, so the, fi- the film's not like. We don't have a distributor yet. We're still. We just played a couple festivals and now we're trying to figure out 
a good home for it. Where oh, well, go. I guess uh, thank you for tuning in, everyone. That's our episode. <laughs> but uh, I just, I feel, I feel, I mean, like, hopefully, hopefully people will be like, cool, I'll look for that when it comes out. But um, they can't, you can't watch it yet. Um, you cannot. You but can. We can talk you about, I, yeah, I have. We can talk about I have. the documentary. You've seen it. I saw the screening and then I watched it again in parts over the last couple of days because it's heavy. It is very heavy. The only thing heavier than that was dealing with Maria Shahada at your wedding. <laughs> Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I heard those stories. Spiral Squad. Yeah. At one point, (laughs) you're in the middle of nowhere, and she orders a pizza, and they have one Uber driver. His name is Sheldon. And Blairsville, Georgia. And he would also deliver pizzas. And uh, uh, anyway, he got lost. And uh, so Tony... Tallarico was trying to like give them directions and by the way we we over we, Ed Maria and I had rented a cabin with one room for three people <laughs> Tony got a cabin with four rooms for just him so we just stayed at his cabin and paid him zero dollars <laughs> <laughs> for his politeness and his kindness yeah. um and his place had a jacuzzi too which i love yeah. um but maria at some point ordered one pizza <laughs> just for, for her for 17 dollars, but then sent us i believe venmo request the next day saying that we all owed her 45 dollars each <laughs> wait what <laughs> it was a weird pizza ponzi scheme oh my god <laughs> So let's talk about the documentary. Okay. Oh, can I ask my question? Yes. And I'm sorry. I guess this would have. I, I'm. I apologize, by the way, for not listening to Pretty Scary. Oh, I should fine. have done my research. Um. Yeah. I don't. I'll listen, I'm going to listen to all the episodes after. Actually, on our on the drive. Yeah. Listen to them all anyway, on the drive. Um. So so I thought. Um. I didn't realize I was doing pretty scary. I thought I was doing pretty carry because this is pretty about Mariah Carey. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Um. But because um. <laughs> pretty scary this is a podcast about um scary like murder and scary movies and stuff right sometimes anything that's pretty scary in the world and i would yeah. say this obesity film. and addiction okay it's scary it's god scary. i was just oh, yeah. curious the tie-in but congratulations by the way i just saw you post um you you got an, a great write-up about pretty scary yeah, we yeah. Had two this month she she yeah. a lot around halloween yeah. shout out to the providence journal i'm yeah. assuming that's providence rhode island that and was the other one was a news wheel and that yeah. was a couple of weeks ago. But it, it, there was um one there was one podcast that was like the best murders of 2019. We just did that one. <laughs> and that one was, of them us. was Nipsey Russell. That's amazing. So I've got a um, Nipsey Russell. Oh, yeah. God damn it. Um, <laughs> more like so a Nipsey Russell in I've, my defense. That's right on my alley. I, I'm I'm gonna have to check that one out because I was like that sounds like an amazing podcast episode. Like our favorite murders of 2019. It's, I love that. No, it, it's, it's it's a real knee slapper. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, okay, funny yeah. funny stuff. Right. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's probably not funny. But um. But I. So I. It sounds like a great podcast. So um, thank you so much for having me on. I'm stoked. Thank you for doing it. Yeah. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm looking forward to the tie-in of, of how this is scary. I mean, it was. There well, were, we're going to murder I, you at the they, end of this. Oh, right. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. And then our fans uh, <laughs> solve the crime. Oh, that's good. Find Kat Reinhardt. That's good. Oh, we should bury her and just give oh. coordinates. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That is good. Um, but there were like parts of the documentary when I was filming that were very scary. Um, but yeah, but so, but so I, I told, I told you, Carrie, I'm like, I don't know if you know this, but, um, there's, there's basically a halfway through the film, there's a really dark moment or no, I don't know if I would call it a moment. There's a dark sequence mm-hmm. of events and, um, randomly, coincidentally, Adam was like there that night. He wasn't, he showed up later, like at the venue, but basically That's so the, Adam tardy for the yeah. party. There's just like, there was like a lot of drama that went down. I wanted to miss it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> with like, with Lana and Ralphie that happens in the film and it's pretty like messed up what happens. Um, and then, I, and then Adam like showed up that later, like at this venue in Madison, Wisconsin. And I'm like, I told, I'm like, Carrie, I don't know if you know this, but like Adam was there that night. I don't know if he told you that. And, uh, I told, cause I recorded with Adam last week and I was like, do you remember Kat was asking if you remember being there? And he goes, I actually do. And then he told me his version and this was before he had watched the documentary. So that had to be almost like a sense of vertigo to yeah. watch it and be like, wow, I was there for at least the aftermath. Yeah. You were there for the aftermath. Before, yeah. Before we get into it though, do you want to kind of explain? Cause so that people who think that Ralphie May is fluffy, he's not. Oh. They're two very separate comedians. Give yeah. a little background maybe of to who Ralphie May and Lana Turner is and how you got involved in the project. Sure. So Ralphie May um, was a hilarious stand-up comedian. Um, I would say a icon in comedy. He did stand-up for over 25 years and... He was just a workhorse. He toured nonstop. I think he's one of the busiest comedians 
um, touring all the time. He loved his fans. He loved his fans. Um, just really funny, really great dude. And um, he unfortunately passed away um, a couple, it's been, wow, it's been two years now. But, uh, um, and then his wife, Lana Turner, is also a stand-up comedian. She's a guitar comic. And they, Ralphie and Lana met when they were both comics, like doing like the open mic scene in Houston, Texas. And then Ralphie moved to LA and then Lana moved. And I think they were just, they were, they were just friends then. But eventually they fell in love and got married, had two children, and then they would tour together. Sometimes she would open for him. Kind of this like traveling band, bring the two kids on the tour bus. Um, They were together for over 16 years. And I was actually producing their podcast. Ralphie and Lana had a podcast called Perfect 10. And I got a job um, kind of through a random series of events because of my web series and um, uh Anyway, so I started doing their, so I was like making, I was producing, like recording and editing their Perfect 10 podcast for about a year. And then Lana, and then we were making like other short videos. And then Lana saw this documentary I had made years ago when I lived in New York called Trash Nation. Trashed, I can never say it right. Trash, <laughs> T-R-A-S-H-E-D, Trashed Nation. Um, <clears throat> so I made- Sorry. Uh, just a timeout. Adam and I are spelling be champions, and we were both yeah. actually on TV in grade school. So yeah, not really? spelling anything. Both. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Tele- televise. Okay. Televise. No, what? Are you serious? Yeah, and we're both from the same city, Peoria, Illinois. Yeah. No kidding. Coincidences abound like on this episode. In the same room at a spelling. No, we know? were different years. Oh, okay. Yeah, we were okay. nerds in different years. Got it. Got it. Okay. All right. This is very cool. Which actually seems unlikely because we're the same age. I mean, I'm significantly older than you but we are the yeah, same age at least three months three to four months Correct. yes so it's unknown like Mariah it might have been the same day. year <laughs> yeah. who knows yeah it's unknown. <laughs> i love it um trash um, nation a, trash nation yeah i was a decent speller too when i was in elementary <laughs> school but not, i never got to go on tv um Oof. but anyway so so lana lana i, I had i'd made this documentary about food waste and um i was like live i had done this it's like super size me thing where i lived off of food from the trash for a month and like made this documentary i didn't really know what i was doing and uh i put it on my like youtube page and lana like stumbled on it one night i didn't send it to her i didn't like i wasn't advertising it but well you did a lot with maria and your web series yeah. was my super overactive imagination which yes. was very popular for a while spell it uh I'm which kidding. part <laughs> the entire thing <laughs> i'm kidding um yeah, you know, I don't know. Marie and I are still like, why didn't more cool stuff happen because of my super overactive imagination? We loved making that. That was so fun. And we still like text each other often being like, when are we going to make more episodes? Like, when are we going to like get the band back together and do more? I I loved that. It was like nothing more fun. Um, it's, it, it's interesting to go back and watch them now though, because I think they're really funny, but also like the production value isn't, is pretty bad. And like they thought of the camera angles are bad and the editing, which I did is not that good. And cause I've grown, you grow yeah, so much. So it's like, I look at it now and I'm like, oof, but, um, but, but I still think they're writing. I still think they're really funny. They're just not shot that well. But, um, so I, I would love to get to make more with her and, um, have a, better like production value but but anyway yeah so i um so lana saw this documentary i had made and she was like oh um so she called me the next day after she watched the doc and she said what do you want to do with your life and that was such a cool question to be asked from someone besides my mother Mm -hmm. um because it was someone who actually was in like a position to like accommodate my wishes right um, versus, so I, yeah. versus possibly tear them down to become facebook fodder right. <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> yes yeah um so i said i want to make movies and do stand-up and she said okay well ralphie's gonna get weight loss surgery this summer did i mention that ralphie was obese you did but this would have been ralphie's second because he had already had gastric bypass yes. when he was 800 pounds yeah he had had a gastric bypass years ago in like early 2000s um and he lost 300 pounds but he basically plateaued at 500 so he was always around 500 pounds so he was going to have weight loss surgery that summer um not another gastric bypass this time he was going to have latvian surgery Alana was like, Rafi's going to have Latvian surgery. Why don't you come on the road, film, like um, basically make a weight loss documentary about Ralphie, film like the life before and then film the surgery and then film the life after and make this like inspiring weight loss film. And then you can open for Ralphie into like 10 minutes up top. So like, here you go, like stand up in a movie. I was, right. like, I was like, wow, like, holy, yeah. 
holy shit, this is amazing. And um, so I was like, yeah, let's absolutely. And I, and to, I, I didn't think that a weight loss film was that interesting, but it was such a cool opportunity that I took it. And also like what's great about documentaries is you can start off with thinking you're going to make one thing. And usually like there's something else will like, you kind of find the story along the way. Um, if you're making verite, um, that rhymed, um, <laughs> you're welcome. Um, so I, I, I was like, I'll go in, we'll make it, I'll make a weight loss film, but I'm going to look for a more interesting angle. Cause we've, there's, there's a million weight loss films already. So that's not the interesting one, but I thought it was interesting that they toured together as a family and, um, Maybe. So I thought I would like explore that angle and that would be the story. And um, so I'm out on the road uh, filming this documentary and I don't know how much of it I want to spoil, but um, uh, yeah, but, but basically like things fall apart. And there was one night in particular that where everything came to a head and uh, it was just a really crazy night, a really big fight between Lana and Ralphie and um and uh we were in Wisconsin in Madison Wisconsin they had some shows there and Lana ended up leaving with the kids and uh and then I went back to Nashville after with Ralphie he canceled the rest of his tour um it was like a really kind of like just crazy time but Adam was there that night yeah the the night in Madison it uh I think it was too it, I had only been doing comedy a couple years at that point so I was really excited to just like meet Ralphie May and just be in that like environment or in those circumstances and just see what it was like. And uh, I knew Lana from, I think she did, I, I used to do a live show at Westside Comedy Theater and I think that's where I initially met Lana. We had uh, you come on the podcast. Uh Oh yeah, I was on. You, we ate bugs. That's right. Yes, I ate bugs on Lana on, on Lana Turner's podcast. On the Perfect Ten on the Perfect Ten podcast. Yeah, I think, I think I had you come on as a guest. Right, that I, is how I met because her. I was producing the podcast, and I you would have Marie and I come on Unpops, and I loved it. And I was like, um, and you had a following. Oh, <laughs> so I, I forgot about that. Yeah, because so, so I was like, Lana, this guy is funny. He has a he has a nice following. Let's have him on Perfect Ten. Oh, she tricked me into that because she was like, Did you uh, a slug. Well, she, no, thankfully not a slug. Uh, oh, they'll kill you. Yeah, don't ever eat a banana slug. Copy that. She uh, she was like, we want to talk about something that you haven't talked about on your podcast, and I was like, well, I'm I'm pretty terrified of bugs, and I haven't ever talked about that. And she was like, oh, let's go eat bugs. <laughs> And we went to Typhoon, which is a restaurant in Santa Monica by the Santa Monica Airport. Yep. That has been shut down a couple times for serving endangered animals. Perfect. But they also have bugs on their menu. Yep. And we ate uh, shrimp toast that had scorpion on it, which was, uh, I just don't like shrimp toast, so that was bad <laughs> for me. But the worst thing was the mealworms. The, the waiter, uh, she asked the waiter to describe them, and he said they're kind of grainy inside, and I almost vomited right away. They were very bad. It, but yeah, that's how, that's how I met Lana. I ate bugs. And then she was on my podcast a few times. We, we kept in touch. And I was doing a show in Chicago with Alex Schmidt when you were in Madison, Mm -hmm. and uh me and lana were texting back and forth and i was gonna come out to the show and uh i get to the show and i was outside smoking a cigarette and i was looking down at my phone and ralphie walked by i knew ralphie may had walked by i could just tell i didn't even see him and then looked up and i see that yep there's ralphie and then here comes lana and i could tell right away something was off and that was like when lana walked past that was the only time i actually saw her those two nights and i think she left that's in the documentary i think she left that night she yeah she i well i don't uh, i'm trying to remember if she actually left that night they she left the show she was supposed to open for ralphie right and they were we made it to the show which that there was a while where that was even in question we made it to the show and then she left um like they were they had like a really big they continued their fight that had started back at the on the bus at the hotel and in the green room and then she left 
And um, Ralphie actually later said he fired her. So I don't. Can you fire your wife? I guess so. I mean, she was Weird. she was yeah. his opener. So he was like, and he was like, oh. So he was like, I fired her, and I've never had to fire anyone. And I'm like, okay. Um, but so he fired her. So she left and did not open for him that night, which I don't, I don't even know. Maybe we didn't even need an opener at that point, though, because it was he, the show started so. There late. were like local openers. Yeah, I think this whole time the they were to, having yeah. people perform to kind of like stall, basically, yeah. because we were really late. Yeah. Um, but uh, so she left and uh, went. Um, so her and the kids went back to L.A. And I, I don't think they were able to fly out that night because it was so late. I think they flew out the next morning. Yeah. And I I uh, went to the show the second night, Saturday. And that was the night. Uh, I don't remember. I was either with uh, Evan or the trainer. What, what I don't remember his name. Evan Evan's Ralphie's tour manager. Right. And then the trainer is Michael Ramos. Michael Ramos. Uh, I, I think I was with. Michael and we were going the green room was like inside a bank or something <laughs> weird and you had to go up an elevator and then there was this like waiting area and then the green room was there and I was going up with Michael and I think it was Evan who came out of the green room and because uh, I was looking for you mm-hmm. and I think it was Evan who came out of the green room and was like don't go in there and I just remember sitting out there knowing you were in there with Ralphie and we could kind of hear like yelling but oh my god and I wasn't sure if that was gonna be because I've I like we couldn't hear what was being said I but it sounded really intense I forgot about that so that was yeah so Lana and the kids had left that morning and then we went and did he had another show that night right and then after the show Cause I was like, not really sure my place anymore because I'm there to film a documentary. I'm there to film a weight loss documentary, but like their marriage is imploding. Right. Um, so I, I'm like, I don't, I don't really know like what to do. I don't even think I had my camera that night. I didn't even bring it to the show. Cause I was like, this doesn't seem like an appropriate time to be filming. Lana's gone. And like Ralphie's like in the middle of this like crisis. And, um, but so after the show, he was like, hey, let's talk. And he pulled me into the, not pull, I mean, so we went into the green room and we sat at the table in there and he was like, do you, do you want to keep filming? And I said, yes, um, I'd love to as long as like, you know, you'll have me here. And he said, okay. Um, so he was like, yeah, I'll tell Aaron, who's his assistant, to cancel your flight because I think they got me a flight back to LA. And he was like, you can come. I've canceled my shows though. We're go- I'm going back to Nashville like, tomorrow on the bus like come like come with us which is where so i went back on the bus so we took the bus back to nashville and i was just like in nashville like and that's when i got that interview the interview there's like basically one main interview of ralphie that runs throughout right. the film that was when i got that interview but he kind of um yeah that was really weird like the, we he, we ended up talking for like probably an hour yeah it was a long time was a really, and i forgot you were waiting and i felt kind of bad because i'm like but and then he he got a little um sometimes he would like get really excited and yell yeah and he would like slap he would like slam his hand on the table and yell and he was like he would kind of go off on all this like he i mean he was just in like a really weird i don't i don't know i'm not a doctor or a therapist but that was an interesting you know you know what and then at one point he started like shaking like physically like having like a physical and i'm like are you okay like do you need something to eat and he was there was like a clementine orange and he started like eating that and but he like couldn't get open to shaking so much and like he ate that and that like helped him to keep from shaking but oh blood sugar probably you you know what's really interesting about that is it so i didn't have my camera and i was like what the fuck is happening right now I actually I actually pulled out my phone and recorded recorded that conversation. I think I even told him. I think I was even like, I'm I'm gonna record this. Um and I just hit record and so there's actually audio of that entire conversation. Oh, yeah. And I've never listened to it. Yeah, it was I I remember waiting uh and just like thinking like what was he gonna be like when he came out like this feels tense and i didn't really have i don't remember why but i had to wait like uh i was waiting for you i think we were gonna like have a drink or something i don't know and i remember being like this is gonna be weird when he comes out and he was uh the nicest 
person, one of the nicest people I've ever met. He yeah. was so like you would not have known anything was wrong at all. So the night before, because it's like, well, it's a little confusing because it's two nights. So the first night he blew by you, Lana's there, they're fighting. Right. And then like Lana leaves and there is, that was like a kind of weird, like purgatory day. But then that night, but then he did his show that night. And then afterwards who he was like yelling and really intense when we were having our conversation, but it wasn't like at me. It was like, he actually went off on this tangent about how like Lana like has never been given a fair shake as a comedian because she's pretty in a guitar comic. And so he's like, and he fired her, even though right, and he fired her, <laughs> even though they were like fighting, he was still like standing up for her. And he, and then he was like, you know, the conversation started because he was like, do you want to keep filming? And like he, so he, and he allowed me that he let me keep filming, um, even though I wasn't like I didn't film that, but um, but so it, it was like it was this like nice like good conversation, but it did get really intense sometimes. Like he was kind of all over the place um, emotionally, but he was just he was going through so much. Um, but but then um, but that yeah, then he couldn't have been like, and he was always like lovely to me. He he yeah. couldn't, he couldn't have been nicer. They they you know he had like him and Lana had their issues, and I think I understand some of some of it. I mean, I think she kind of like pushed and pushed and pushed him in a direction that he didn't really want to go. And I think that, um, and you, and I understand why she was pushing him because she was trying to keep him alive. Right. And, but he, I, I think was, um, like even the, even the weed thing, I think people would see someone getting upset about someone using weed in the 2010s and be like, what is the problem? But if it's someone who's also, uh, chronically overeating, yeah. Weed is the last thing you want them. Right. I think she just taking. Wanted, yeah. She didn't want them taking anything. And, and I, I, like, I can understand that. That's her husband, the father of her two children. He had had a pulmonary embolism years before where he almost died. So she had kind of seen what that looked like. And now she's like terrified and trying to keep him alive. But he had, you know, that's, it's a lot to take on to, to, to face that fight. Well, she also was essentially a single mother. He was gone. He was gone all the time, yeah. And he talks about, we have the LA home, the Nashville home. I don't really know where I fit. He's on the road so much. The kids loved and missed him. And one of my favorite parts of the documentary was them watching their parents on stage. It was beautiful. Oh, it was so cute. And especially when his son was like, go dad. Like, yeah. it was so cute. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but for me, I thought, and, and so I went to the screening and Dr. Drew was there because anytime you bring up addiction, he magically appears. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. So, so he was there and he, <laughs> he seems very lovely, um, but he did a, the Q&A after and he even said, and it wasn't addressed in the documentary and it was something that I had thought of because she was with him almost two decades. Mm-hmm. And he goes, you know, she was trying to help him even, and she was going to Al-Anon and trying to figure out how to help him, whether she was respecting those boundaries or not. But he goes, you know, she was codependent at some point. Mm-hmm. you know, while she was like, oh, he needs my help. I'm trying to help him. He's my friend. And she, and he mentioned like, oh, she got codependent. Something in the documentary that stuck in my mind, and I remember thinking it again today when I rewatched it, is it's so interesting for people to say like, okay, you're an addict if you drink or do drugs or do whatever. But food is an addiction as well. It's anything like I think, you know, my mom is addicted to shopping at Kohl's. Like, it's, <laughs> like people all have their things that they're addicted to. And I do remember being with this comic and we were having um, lunch and I think I was hung over from partying the night before. And he's like, Carrie, do you think you drink too much? And literally at that moment, he looks over and he sees a can of Coca-Cola and he goes, I love Coke. (laughs) And his eyes lit up. He goes, I could have six and like, you know, like at a sitting. And I was like, "Uh, I don't know that your addiction with sugar is any different than my addiction with alcohol or whatever it might be. And there was a scene where Ralphie's talking to the owner of one of the clubs and the owner's like, oh, like, do you drink? And he goes, man, no, man, that will kill you. And it's so funny because I, again, as an addict of, you know, drinking and I remember my own battles with cocaine, you hide it and you protect your addiction because I think there's shame in it. And, you know, so it was interesting for me to hear him say like, alcohol will kill you. But it's like the fact that you are morbidly obese, like he would hang his hat on the fact that he didn't have diabetes yet. Yeah. He, he just thought he yeah. was deficient in vitamins B and D and he was proud right. of himself. And I think at that point he called off the lap band surgery. Yeah, he did. So he did. Um, yeah, I guess I haven't. So that he did cancel the surgery. They called it off. Um, 
and uh, and that was you know that's addressed in, in the film um, briefly when that happens. But that had happened like a little bit before Wisconsin, so you know things were kind of like it's like oh where do we go now? But it was all very um, like what 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 film am I now making if he's not even going to have the the surgery? So that was like let's figure out a different way for him to lose weight. But but he did. I, I remember one time Lana saying it's not in the film, but because Ralphie would. Ralphie didn't like being called an addict and he, Lana, Lana would say that a lot. And I, I, you know, I'm not going to diagnose Ralphie, but, um, that's in like, and I, I, the film for me is, is just like, here's, it's just like cinema verite of like, here's, here's, I'm just, I just present what happened and then let like the viewer just, you know, make that decision for themselves. And Lana is obviously very opinionated on what was happening and, and, and that's, she has every right to do that and it's um i don't just you know i'm not like disagreeing with anything that she says i think she's probably right but um but one thing that she would that she did say that's not actually in the film was she was like ralph he says he's not an addict but he wears his addiction and that was like so interesting it's like yeah i mean how can you how can you say that you're not an addict when you're 500 pounds like yeah there's there's something to that but also saying you want help but then not, not doing anything to help it, you know, for alcohol or drugs or whatever, you can go to to rehab. I remember seeing him. It was the first time I had ever heard of Ralphie May. Was watching Celebrity Fit Club, and I think he was dating Lana then. Because I was like, oh my god, his girlfriend's gorgeous. Like, how does you know yeah. not to be superficial, but like, how does that work? And then later on, they got married. But that's how I'd first heard of Ralphie May. And I think he quit Celebrity Fit Club. He didn't want to commit. You know what's funny? I I combed the internet for months trying to find celebrity fit club i can't i couldn't find it and we and i had like a ton of like old stuff on like lana and ralphie had like a collection of like all kinds of like lana and ralphie like home videos and stand up and even like last comic standing which is how ralphie really became like best known was losing last comic yeah. standing. <laughs> was losing which is insane which is yeah which is actually legitimately crazy um and i do appreciate that he wasn't cordial about that there's a point in the documentary where he's like yeah that time i got fucked on last comic standing uh yeah so, yeah I you mean, did, he, did. You re- he really did he really did that was absurd and i have seen them both do stand up since then and i you don't stand hear much by about it that, that fan he was one of the first when i moved to la he was one of the first comics i saw live and i was like i made a mistake should just go back I to the Midwest. Oh, I thought you were going to say I made a mistake voting for him. Just, just <laughs> moving here. I, uh, you know what's so funny? Like years ago when I was living in New York, going to film school, I remember like I like I re- I remember like where I was, the apartment I that I was in with like my then boyfriend, watching Ralphie on Last Comic Standing, and he had this like hilarious joke like that was like, do you know how long it takes me? to um, do you know how long it takes me to take my shoes off at the airport? Light them up like about <laughs> yeah. like, the Iraq war. And, um, and that was in probably like, I mean, that was so long ago. I wasn't interested in comedy then. Like I didn't know his name, but I remember like sitting there thinking like, that is the fun. It was so funny. And that stuck with me for years. And then years go by, I'm living in LA, like getting into like, you know, doing comedy and making film stuff. And, and I, and I met Lana and Ralphie and I was like, are you the one who had this joke on last comic standing about the, how long does it take me to take my shoes off at the airport? And, and he was, and it's like in my, it's in what's eating Ralphie. Mm -hmm. It's in the film. And it's just such a weird, like, but yeah, I I mean, like I remember like, so Ed will have this thing. I'll be like, Oh, such and such is they're a funny comedian and they're funny. And Ed will always say, um, tell me one of their jokes. Cause, and that's like, that's so smart. Cause sometimes I, I can't, and I'm like, I don't know. And it's like, if they're that funny, like there's, there's, there's something they've yeah. said that sticks with you. Mm-hmm. And like Ralphie was so funny that he said something on TV that I saw in like 2007 or whatever year that was and stuck with me for like over a decade. Yeah. That's a good comic. Well, I, the, when the Madison show, he did a joke about Malaysia airlines. That is one of my favorite jokes ever he was he was like they should just rebrand their their slogan should be malaysia airlines we make reefs <laughs> that's funny that's a great fucking joke yeah. he is so funny i yeah. mean i love just watching him it was like an honor to get i basically was on the road filming off and on for about a year i got to spend months on the road and he would all every city we went to he um the first 10, 15 minutes, he just riffed on the city we were in and he'd all, he'd been there a hundred times before and he knew all the little inside jokes and like of the town and uh, people just loved it. And then he, so he would do two hours 
Yeah. And then, and then afterwards he would just hang and like do meet and greets with the fans and like, you know, make time to take pictures with everybody. Just like, just like good, good dude. He had, um, Chad open for him a lot, right? Cause there's twins, Corey and Chad. Yes. Who I, th- I don't know if Corey went on the road with him. I know I saw Chad in the documentary. So, so Corey and Chad were his openers a lot. And, but while I was filming, Corey was opening for, um, who's the guy who's like a, the big joke thief? Uh, Carlos Mencia. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Is that okay to s- Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's he going to do? I mean, everybody, sue, if you listen to the us. podcast, you yeah. know, you're fine. I mean, everybody knows that, right? Yeah. That's, so, you can Google that. So he, he was, I want to say that's who he was opening for. So he was opening for Carlos Mencia. And like, I think I kind of like hurt Ralphie's feelings a little bit because he was like, uh, Corey's like, because Ralphie at one point was like, yeah, I booked both of them, but uh, just one of them's here. Right, that's a really bad, well, that was a terrible, <laughs> I, I won't do, I won't try any more accents. I apologize. Um, but, uh, but Chad was like, awesome. We had such a great time. Um, really fun dude. Um, him and Evan were, were like, it was just like, yeah, Evan, the tour manager. Um, yeah, we made a, a nice, they, it was cool. It was great being on the road with him and. Chad would open for him and he's in the film just for like a second in like really one scene because there was another really funny scene that I took out because um Chad like it's weird I so I saw Chad at the memorial and afterwards I was like hey you know um I want you to see I want to show you the film I'd love to get your thought on thoughts on it and like tell me if you think it's like honest and fair to Ralphie which is like been my goal the whole time and he was like yeah um I'm down and I text him and like I, I sent him like an outtake that he thought was funny of like them on the bus telling a funny story and and um and I and like then we were like trying to I kept on being like he wanted me was to, that like, the Tim Horton outtake the Tim Hortons yeah, yeah I love that I'm gonna like put it somewhere someday they just tell this funny story about Tim Hortons donuts and uh, it's really cute and um but anyway so I'm like so that we were trying to, I was trying to arrange a time for like, for me to show him the film. He wanted me to send it to him like a link. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Um, but like come to the screening and then he couldn't, and he lives kind of out, outside LA and I was trying to arrange a time for him to see it. And I'm like texting him and, and then he just like stops responding. And I sent him this long text that was like, Hey, like, you know, I really want you to see this. I, w- I want to know that like, you're okay with everything that's happening and like, et cetera, et cetera. And like, um, and he just like didn't write me back. And then like right before the national premiere, there's this journalist that's like, yeah, the twins are saying that they didn't know they were being filmed. They don't want to be in the documentary. Didn't they have to sign like an NDA or no, they didn't sign or, anything. Or, okay. Um, it's helpful if you, if you do sign, but there's, no, a, it wouldn't be an NDA. What would it be? Um, a release. Consent, a release. Yeah. Just yeah. Release. Okay. Um, they didn't sign a release. Um, I asked them to, and they were like, no, but, um, they didn't sign a release. But um, if you're we we have like an amazing attorney that did all like our fair use and legal stuff. And we asked him about that. And um, he was like, if they're if you're aware you're being filmed, then it's implied consent. And they're very clearly I mean, he's very clearly aware he's being filmed. He's telling me stories. And I was going to say, how would he not know there was a part where because Ralphie did the entire documentary. He looked tired. He really did. And he slept a lot. And he was. He was very sedentary. And I know that was the one thing that the um, personal trainer that was brought in was like, I don't need to go crazy with this diet. I don't need to have him, you know, do a million exercises. If I can just get him up and walking. Yeah. At one point, he's like, there's a putt-putt golf place close to here. Yeah. And I've been there and it's great. Oh, right. Really missed out. No. But but he did. There was times when he looked sick on stage because he was always sitting. Rafi was always sitting. And at one point, you know, he has to get up and Chad tags in. I remember seeing Corey and Chad. When I first started comedy, I would go to as many shows as I could. I just like loved it. I was trying to absorb it. And it, I don't know. I want to say it was like in Pomona. Like it was kind of like a rough town. It was a rough crowd. And I, apparently at some point, Corey and Chad had maybe been to prison or spent some time in prison, but they were so funny because they were doing stand up together on stage and they were like looking out and they're like, dude, are we back in the yard? Like, I feel like we're back <laughs> in the yard. Like, look at this crowd. And I was like, they're so funny. And it was great seeing that they got the opportunity to open with Ralphie. And I really enjoyed yeah. that part is watching the stand up clips because I hadn't yeah. really watched Ralphie or Lana's 
Um, and I didn't really know what happened to Corey and, and Chad as far as, you know, following their standup because so many people tore. But it was great seeing those clips. And it, it did. I started Googling them after the documentary. Yeah. I mean, Ralphie loved them. They loved Ralphie. And they opened for Ralphie a lot for a long time. And um, but I don't know. I mean, I, I really so I didn't really know Corey I'd get to know Corey that well because he really wasn't on the road when I was filming like Chad was and but I I really liked Chad and um I just thought the world of him and I thought we were cool and I but I don't know anymore because now now they're like they it seems like they're I and I haven't seen this this reporter was like showing me like stuff they had posted but it's and like it seems like they're basically like saying they don't want to be in the film and they're really pissed off about the film and um and I, I was like really surprised to find that out because I'm like, well, I've been texting Chad and here's me saying you're in the film. Corey's not. And Chad says, OK, what do you think their gripe would be with the film? I I think the issue is that people it's that Ralphie's camp hates Lana. So um, when when Lana and Ralphie got divorced, like the, the people basically like you know, everyone split like, so all, so like the, you know, the twins and like other people who like know and love Ralphie just don't like Lana. And, um, that's well within their right. Um, but I think that they, they think there's this assumption that Lana made this film and that it's basically like her shitting on Ralphie and like, um, and like, and then like Ralphie can't do anything about it and they can't do anything about it because Ralphie's not here anymore. But that's, like can't be further from the truth. Like I made the film, Lana didn't. Lana didn't even see the film until I did my first like 85 minute cut. And, and she was like very hands off and like, let me, and she doesn't always look good in the film. And she was like, I look crazy. And I had to be like, no, you don't. So like to her credit, she's been very just, she's, she's let me like tell the story honestly. And, um, but because I, but like, and I had been working on it for a while. I was doing cuts and like, I was working on it before. So I even submitted it as a work in progress of festivals before Ralphie died. Mm-hmm. So I, but I think that because it took me so long to finish the film, cause I was working on it in my spare time, there was no like money, no funding or anything. I was just like working on it on my own, um, on my own time, on my own dime. Um, like by the time there was like a cut to show, um, Ralphie and then right, basically like I had been working on it and then Ralphie died. So I went back and shot an epilogue and then continued working on the film. But so now the film's coming out and it's just been so long. I think people think that Ralphie died and then we were like, Oh, let's make this film shitting on Ralphie. Now that he's no longer here. And that's not what happened, but they also haven't seen the film. So there are people who are like pissed off about the film and like, sh- and like talking shit about it online. And I'm I'm just welcome them to watch the film mm-hmm. and then tell me if they have an issue with it. Cause I don't, I think the, I think what they think the film is, is not what the film is, but I understand their concern. Um, I would agree. I think, I'm not sure exactly when you started filming, but I moved to LA in October, 2015. My very first weekend, you and I went to Hooters downtown LA. Oh my gosh. I, I had little 187 milliliter bo- uh, bottles of Gallo wine. That was a great night. You were, I think, <laughs> looking for a producer for Brand New Old Love? Yes. We were going to a screening of another film, yes. Brand New Old Love's producer, Jim Warrick, who's amazing. Um, he had made a, a film he had made before mine. They, they did a screening. Mm-hmm. So I went. And I was coming from work and I didn't make it in time. So I go, well, when you're done, I'll be at the Hooters across oh, yeah. the street. <laughs> got to the so you brought Jim over. So we hung out at Hooters and then yeah. we went to LACMA because they had music and summer on summer nights. With our Hooters. With our Hooters to go. <laughs> we got food to go. That might be the only time that Hooters has uh, been in the presence of LACMA. <laughs> My guess, yes. Um, but I remember you talking about the documentary then and because yeah. I had done a show with Lana at the gas lamp in Long Beach when I was still pretty new she headlined so that was probably seven years ago and after the uh, the screening of the documentary actually because we're Facebook friends in whatever <laughs> whatever capacity that means um I sent her a message and I was like hey I watched the, the documentary like that was it was a lot more intense and heavy than I had anticipated it being um and I was just like, you know, I hope, you know, I wish the best for you and your family. She actually wrote me back this morning. It was very sweet. And I was like, oh, oh, yeah, I remember the gas lamp. That was so long ago. I hope we can do a show again soon. Thank you for the kind words. This unraveled completely differently than I thought it was going to. Yep. I appreciate this, you know, the support. Um, 
but I remember talking to you, the phone call, the voicemail that she, that Lana leaves you and you oh. air it. Yeah. Oof. She, okay. She, I asked her permission. Of course. When Ralphie died and, yeah. and, and also watching the timeline, because mm-hmm. you would do timelines of, it would be 2013 or, you know, whatever year yeah. within five years with his health, technically he should die. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. He died within those five years. Um, so, but hearing that voicemail was gut wrench. I think I started crying at that point. Yeah. The voicemail was really intense. I, um, so I did, so I shot off and on for a year in 2015 and then like went and made brand new love. Cause like the filming got like the film stopped when they Mm -hmm. split up. For the second time. For the second time. Yes. Um, and then I went and made Brand New Old Love. And then I was like, you know, I think there's a story here with this film, even though it's on a weight loss documentary. I started thinking about everything that had happened. And I was like, I think this is a story about how you can't get someone to change. And, um, and so I started like editing. It's like hundreds of hours of footage. And I started editing. And then Ralphie passed in 2017. So then I went and shot more after that, like an epilogue. So filmed more in 2018. So it is like a long, and then there's like all this B-roll footage from like them when they were younger. So there, it spans a long um, period of time, but that voicemail was really intense. I, I actually didn't, I was in Virginia for a wedding the day Ralphie died and I didn't have cell reception and we got to our Airbnb and, um, and and I had all these and my phone like comes back mm-hmm. like when I get reception again, I have all these text messages from people being like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, what? Like who died? And I start like I actually first and someone who I didn't know that well, um, just like from the like a little bit of a, an acquaintance, like we had been like in a writing group together. She was like texting me, "I'm so sorry," and I was like, "If this person's texting, I'm so sorry." Like I mean, it actually was like, "Oh, I did my brother die?" Because I was like, "Who would uh, like you know who's somebody that like." if they died, it would show up on the news and then she would know what affected. It mm-hmm. just like went to all these, I was just like losing my mind. So I called her and she was like, I'm so sorry to be the one to tell you this. You don't know. And I'm like, what's going on? And she's Ralphie died. And I was like, I have to go. I needed to call Lana right away. So I hung up with her and called Lana and she was just like, understandably inconsolable. Um, and then we got off a call and then later, like hours later, I look at my phone and I see that I had a voicemail from her and it's like, seven or it's like a seven second nine second long voicemail and it's at like twelve seventeen, and i realized that like that's a voicemail from her before when we were when i didn't have cell reception yet and like it's and i was just like oh my god i can't listen to this and i, I just sat on my phone for like two months and then i finally like was like ready to listen to it and it was like it was as intense as i had assumed he yeah. had just been picked up for a year long residency at Harris. Yeah. He was he was in well Vegas. into his residency. Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah, his residency had started in January. He passed in October April. October. Oh, I thought it was Mm-mm, October. Maybe I'm thinking of Adam's birthday. My apologies. Oh, that's in March. <laughs> Thank you. No worries. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all the the most inter well, I mean the whole documentary is interesting, but one of the craziest parts to me is you see Lana doing all of this stuff to try and like get him to fix his shit. Yeah. And then she goes on this radio show, the man, man, man cow. cow show. Yeah. In Chicago. And he's like rough. this dude like gets in an argument with her and she says something about, uh, he's my best friend. And at the end of the interview, he goes, and by the way, you're not his best friend. Let's go to commercial. Yeah, it's yeah. like, Jesus Christ. There's People a- tune into this on the way to yeah. work? Yeah. It was, it's like an amped up Howard Stern back in the day when he was like yeah. over the top. There's That's no chairs. He's just pacing like, around. But that yeah. was talked about at the like screening. A- yeah. And Dr. Drew's like, no, man cow is infamous for being an asshole. Like, that's what he does. Yeah, is he? And she, yeah. yeah. And Lon even said, because they were like, you handled it well. She goes, oh, no, he was a dick. Like, this uh, yeah. guy was awful. She was just, I think, used, I mean, people were so mean to her a lot. And, um, but there's also in the, in that same guy, it was like, you, you, it's your job to make sure that Ralphie doesn't die. Like, you need to yeah. get him healthy. And she, I thought that was interesting. He, I mean, he had, which is no, a thing she hears a few times throughout this documentary. Yeah. But the people, but it was, I mean, he had no idea what she had 
just gone through trying right. and how hard she had tried. Well, 16, so 17 years of it. Yeah. Right. And so, um, but he was just like, you need to be cooking healthier for him. And she's like, I'm trying. And, um, I just, I remember feeling really badly for her that day. Cause I'm like, damn, like people really would like, just give her shit all the time. They really it do blame with the her, partner. Yeah. yeah. They'll blame the partner a lot. Um, well, I think they look at her too because it's not like when remember when Roseanne Barr and Tom Arnold like were both fat together, yeah, and then trying to lose weight together. Like she was always in great shape, so I think yeah. she did get a lot of the blame. Like, well, you obviously know how to eat healthy. Right. Why aren't you helping him? But who knows what he's doing when he's on the road? Right, and she, I mean, she, she did everything she could. But at the end of the day, it's like you can't. It's like saying, oh, like. You're somebody's like your child is addicted to like opioids. Like, why aren't you mm-hmm. helping? Like, there's, I I think that I think people don't take food issues as seriously as they take drug issues. Like we were kind of mm-hmm. talking earlier, and and so it's but so it's a bit un- unfair how uh, and it's just as deadly and it's just as deadly. But uh, yeah, I mean it was it was. But if you watch like my six hundred pound life, which I as a guilty pleasure of mine, I love that show. There is always there's always an enabler, right? So there's always because like these people are like, have you guys are you am I are you all watching the show my six hundred pound life? I've it's, seen I've it. seen it. Okay, I mean it's like a, I can guess what it's about. Yeah, yeah. We're, and we're we're busy spelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but there, but every time there's always an enabler. There's like, sometimes these people are so obese, like they can't, they literally can't get out of bed, and their spouse, it's like a parent, child, but usually a significant other who's cooking for them and bringing them food in bed, going and getting pizza and fast food and bringing it to them in bed, and they go see the doctor, and the doctor's like why are you doing this? And they're like, well, it's just to keep the peace. Cause they yell at me and they're so mean to me if I don't bring them this food, but there is always an enabler. So I think that it's like a safe assumption to be like, Oh, that's the wife. She must be the enabler. Right. And, uh, and I, but I don't, it's clear from the, the documentary that she's not right. Yeah. I, yeah, she, she tried very hard, but he, but he did have other vices. Uh, other vices but yeah there are other people in his life but i don't i don't know if i would call yeah i don't know if i would call the other people in his life enablers because they were his employees yeah there's the there's an interview with someone i don't remember who it is but he's talking about the nashville uh, assistant yeah yeah and he's talking about picking up soda for ralphie and he's like well when lana's there i don't because she would be upset but like when lana's not there he can't be lana and he gets and upset like, if I don't bring it. Yeah, at that back. point, he's just yeah. Ralphie's employee. Right. Like, right, that's the thing. Like, like this. Yeah, Ralphie is his boss. Right. His boss says, go to the store, get me soda. He can't say no. He, Ralphie could fire him. So that's, I don't think for, for a second that that's enabling. No, um, no. And, but like, I'm sure there's, I mean, people, different people can have opinions on that. But it's like, yeah, he... I mean, there was even a time we were somewhere and Ralphie was like, hey, will you go get me? A co- will you go get me a Coke? And I'm like, yeah, OK. And so I, I'm like, I'm there to film him. Yeah. Having a addiction to Coke. But he's like, will you go grab me a Coke out of the green room? What am I supposed to say? No, right. I don't want to yeah. I don't want to piss him off. He's he's paying me to be there. Like so like I I went and got him a Coke. I did. I went and got him a Coke as soon as he asked. Um you're not his best friend. Yeah. <laughs> so I, so like that, so I think that's an interesting dynamic. Like that was interesting that he didn't have, I, I never, I don't think he had enablers, but he also could like help himself. He was able to, he was mobile, but he did have employees and they did do whatever he asked. But like, that was their, yeah, their, but literally their you job. You can't blame them for no, that. No, no, yeah. I don't think so. Not at all. Yeah, I mean, this, like, he, what happened to him, like, he did it to himself. Like, there's not really, it doesn't, it doesn't seem like there's anyone to blame. And I don't know if there should be anyone. Like, well, even I think that's the right. common thing is people yeah. always want to find someone to blame. And it's like, yeah, you know, some people are just broken. And right. I mean, they deal with things in a destructive way. Right. I mean, it's not like, in Lana says this, like. Who wants to be 500 pounds? He he didn't want to be 500 pounds. He was in pain all the time. He was miserable. I mean, he loved being, he was, I think he was really happy when he was on stage, but I think physically he was uncomfortable carrying around all that weight. I do think he was in pain. Like, and I, so like, obviously he didn't want 
to be like that. So, of course, there has to be something much bigger at play or he would have just chosen to not be 500 pounds. So much. It's so much bigger. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to talk about, too, was um, his kids, April, April, May and August, May, April, June, April, June, May and August, James May. Aren't they so cute? They are adorable and they have the biggest personalities. They were so fun to watch. I think almost without them in the film, like they made it more lighthearted, but yeah. they are so smart. Really and they were, smart. It was, it'll be interesting to see what they end up doing with their life, you know, creatively yeah. or whatever. I think uh, April would be a really good politician. Okay. Just from my experience. <laughs> you looked at me like her. I was yeah. going to debate you. I think April should be a politician. Um, they're both, I wouldn't be, and I wouldn't be surprised if August got into comedy. Agreed. Yeah. He was uh, definitely a ham. How are they doing after that's uh, that's definitely of more of a question for Lana. Yeah, but um, but I th- they seem to be doing really well. I mean, they have a great mom. Like Lana, Lana really does put in like so much time to like taking care of them, and they're they're in some like support groups for I think like children who've like lost a parent, and uh, she um, I mean they're they're growing, you know they're but I it's you know they like Ralphie was on the road so much that like their day-to-day wasn't like drastically changed when he passed like they they still go to the same school and like they're like they're um and she lana's still like kind of doing everything um that she was doing before um i mean obviously a lot has changed but i think that there wasn't this like jarring um change in their home even though of course they lost their father i'm I'm thinking maybe 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 help something I, i don't know but that's but but um she was asked that at both q a's after our um, LA and Nashville premieres and she said they're 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 doing well and and I mean she's a really she's a really really good mom yeah so I think I think they'll be I think they'll be okay because they have her right yeah it seems like it from the documentary she does seem like a really good mom she was great I I was exhausted just following her and the kids around was like uh, I was like I don't know if I could do this Every single morning she was like up, like looking for like ways to like educate and keep keep them like educated and like entertain and learn something. She's always taking them on all this stuff. And like, but I was like, oh my God, where are we going now? Like, I was like, I kind of, I was like, when it's just Ralphie, we just sleep all day. (laughs) I'm like, oh, uh, it's yeah. I've got murder porn to watch. Yeah. 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 And just porn. No, um, (laughs) but, uh, but she, yeah, she's just like her energy level is crazy and then she doesn't even drink like caffeine she's just like up every morning at like 5 30 and like doing like kickbox I heard she's she's like i mean it blows my mind i'm no coffee nothing just like she has so much energy gross i know what a monster <laughs> what is wrong with her she has changed yeah. <laughs> uh do we have any final thoughts on the the documentary so you said do you have any idea when or if it will be available for we don't know people to see you can watch there's like a I, we'll post it we'll post I, it online i, I cut <laughs> i put a I, I i cut together a little teaser there's like a minute long teaser um slash trailer for the film that you can watch online if you want to check it out if you just google like what's eating ralphie may teaser um it'll come up but i think there, there's also a website like what's eating ralphie may.com and it's on the landing page of that so if you want to just check out a clip not a clip, if you want to just see what what it is that we're talking about and uh but yeah we'll continue to update you once we figure out where it's going um just out of curiosity how did you get the title because i don't know if you guys remember a movie back in the day what's eating gilbert great <laughs> yes and yes. the mom was obese so um, the title is actually my husband's idea. Okay. Um, we were trying to think of a good title and I had, I was calling it 360 degrees down, <laughs> which is a terrible word salad. But um, it was a line in his interview. What my favorite line he says in his interview, he has this like line that's basically like at the top of the mountain, all there is is just 360 degrees of ways down, which is like this crazy thing to, I, I just, it was like an incredible, beautiful line, but also like really depressing and probably true. <laughs> um, but so I, I, I felt like I wanted to call the film something to do with that. And I just couldn't come up with anything. And then, then our producer, Marcy Hume was like, you know, you really need to name this something with his name in it. And, um, and my husband what just through one night was like, what's eating Ralphie May? And I just laughed so hard. 
um, but then of course I was like, I didn't take it seriously. I was like, that's, that's hilarious. Oh my God. And then dropped, I was not even, wouldn't even begin to consider it. Cause like, I, I was just like, no, that's a joke. Um, no. And then like two years later, we're still grasping at straws, trying to figure out a title. And I said to Marcy, um, I'm like, you know, um, speaking of like, she's like, it should be a clever title with his name. And I'm like, well, I was like, you know, my husband did throw out what's eating Ralphie May. And she was like, oh my God, that's perfect. We have to do that. And I'm like, I don't know. Is it mean? I couldn't decide. And then did you go home and give your husband a blowjob. <laughs> I, I didn't. <laughs> I, I, the title I, help, babe. I probably, Let's I guess throw I, on some murder porn. I guess I should. Or regular porn. Yeah, it's your choice. You're right. I should, I should give him like a thank you. Hand job. Um, he would rather have a back rub. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll give- <laughs> what a loser! <laughs> he really likes he really likes rubs. Um, but uh, he can jerk himself off. He can't rub his own back, you know. Fair. But uh, but that's Adam, true. Yeah, you want to yeah, weigh yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. No, that's true. That logic yeah. checks She's out. Speaking in facts. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but um, but it did. But then you know, L- Lana was like, "That's that's a fat joke. That's really mean." We're like, "No!" Like she hard passed on that title, and um, and uh that the Marcy and I were kind of pushed for. And then it was, a, it was a whole thing, but eventually like we kind of decided like that's, that's the title. And I hope that nobody thinks it's cruel. It's not supposed to be a fat joke. To be honest, I think there's a line that Evan says where he's like, all comedians have something eating away at them. Mm-hmm. And so to me, it's like, yeah. you know, what is like kind of poking this bear? And uh, I, I think the title's brilliant. I love it. I, um, but I, 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 I have, I think it's catchy and like it would give pause, which 360 degrees down with Ralphie May or whatever doesn't. But I, I, I worry a little that I don't want to piss off people and like, especially not like his friends and his fans. And I, I hope that, um, I hope that people don't think it's like mean or a fat joke or whatever. I don't know. What do you think? They alluded to his Twitter. I didn't read too much into it when I, when I saw it, but I also thought it was a documentary about just following them around on the road. I didn't mm-hmm. realize it was supposed to be about his weight loss journey. Mm-hmm. So at that point, the title made more sense to me. Uh, um, but uh, there, you showed his tweet, and I it was from 2013, where, do you remember the tweet? It said something like, when I die, I hope people oh, yeah. not make fun of me, but like I... I let like I, I let hope a, comics make jokes about yeah, me. yeah. It's, it's not sad like I led a good life right he yeah. really was blessed he talks about being from a small poor town mm-hmm. in Arkansas Clark no Clarksville, Clarksville Tennessee Clarksville Arkansas Arkansas, Ar- Arkansas. Yeah. and he says he goes I'm so gracious to my fans because I wouldn't be here without them um, but also I wish somebody big would have visited my town when I was little. Like, I think yeah. it's awesome to visit as many towns as I can. That's yeah. true that he, yeah. I mean, he was a comic. He had a really great sense of humor. One of, I wish I could, I don't know. I can't give credit to the comic who tweeted this cause I can't remember who it was, but after, right after Ralphie died, somebody tweeted like a, a friend of his, a comedian tweet, tweeted like, wow, you just really never get over losing to that fan. <laughs> <laughs> And I thought that was so fucking funny. And I'm like, Ralph, yeah. Ralph Ralphie would have loved that yeah. joke and he would have appreciated that. And you're right. He did. Yeah. He tweeted out like, I hope people make, make jokes yeah. or whatever. Like, don't cry for me. My life is great or whatever. And, yeah. and, um, the craziest fat joke is the, the Mike Lawrence roast battle joke. Oh my God. In the documentary. Uh, <laughs> that and is Mike Lawrence won roast battle that year. He deserved to win roast battle. Yeah, with he's jokes a really like good that. writer. Holy shit. Yeah. I don't even want to spoil it. Watch the mm-hmm. documentary. Watch when the it comes documentary. Out. Yeah. <laughs> Woof. Oh man. Yeah. Please watch the documentary when it comes out. And, um, you know, I, I welcome feedback from people who knew and loved Ralphie and were fans of his. I, I did. I, I really did everything I could and busted my ass to make sure that it's an honest story that, um, is uh just tells the truth of what happened and uh i i so yeah let me know if if you i would love i would love your feedback because i i people are assuming that this is a film that's like shitting on ralphie and um, no it's definitely not i agree i've worked very hard to make sure that that's not the case and but i i welcome i welcome your feedback as someone who again knew who Ralphie Mae was but didn't necessarily follow his comedy i felt like a ralphie Mae fan after that's beautiful. That's we've had we had Ralphie's fan. We had like two like super fans of Ralphie's come to the Nashville our, our world premiere in Nashville, and they they had seen Ralphie like thirty five times. They both had like Ralphie May shirts on afterwards, and they loved the film. So I'm like, okay, that's the validation I need and 
love as the filmmaker to know that like this film is honest and it is good and it's not this like one-sided like thing that people are that people are, are thinking that it's going to be and uh but i i worked very hard to keep it that way and uh, i'm very proud of that you did a great job i agree it's a thank fantastic you. documentary thank you very much uh i think that's our episode cat thank you so much Thank you, Adam Todd Brown. For and talking to us today. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been awesome. This is like kind of like a therapy session for me. Yeah. To talk about the film. <laughs> yeah. Well, as soon as I saw the screening, it did. I don't want to say it haunted me. It lingered. It stayed with yeah. me for days. I It was Wednesday night was the screening. I recorded with Adam that Saturday, and I was telling him about it. And I think we had talked a little bit in between. And so we started talking about his how he, how Adam, six degrees of Ralphie May, like how he was yeah. a part of that Wisconsin trip a little bit. And I was like, God, if you would love to come on, we would love to have you. Um, it was a beautifully made documentary, but as, as a writer myself, like I'm always interested in the story, what makes people tick. I love the behind the scenes. That's why people like reality television. It, I, I liked, uh, I like learning. I like learning more about Ralphie May and his family. Yeah. They were a beautiful family and it was beautifully made. Well, thank you very much. Agreed. Well, thank you. Well, hopefully, uh, I hope everyone can watch it soon. Me too. And I hope you'll come back to talk about murder stuff or something sometime. Oh, anytime. Oh, you guys talked about that. We can talk, we can end the podcast and um, talk, we'll talk about, there was that, that crazy murder. The chick who like, they she killed herself or was she killed? And there was like, that she stabbed herself in the back in her neck. Oh, Ellen Greenberg. Yeah. Oh, look at your memory. Wow. Yeah. Anyway, we can talk about it later. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's um, an absolute pleasure. Um, thank uh, you for doing it. I yeah. hope, wait, what was I supposed to do when you said, Pretty scary boo? And I said, Ah, what, what am I supposed to You're do? You're supposed to say it with her, duh. Pretty scary oh, boo. We say it together. Okay, all right. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do Should it. we do it now? Caitlin's here, but she Caitlin's doesn't not talk. talking. Yeah. yeah. Got it. Okay, so let's let's do it together. Okay. All right. Should we get out of here? We should do like one, two, three. I'll say, hey, everybody. Thank you for listening to Pretty Scary. Pretty Scary Boo! Goodbye, everybody. We love you.